So we have a bunch more people who are steadily jumping in from all over the place. The whole plan of yeah. We have a bunch of people here in Chicago. We have Hawaii. Hey, Elliot, where are you located? Uh, I think Elliot uh, is connecting. We have Boston here. Olfat, where are you these days? Are you, you're not in Cairo, are you? Toronto for now. Are you in Toronto? Okay, nice, mashallah. And <clears throat> all right, we'll just wait just a moment for for every uh, for more people to get connected in, inshallah. And hopefully, all of you are keeping socially isolated. Okay. There's Dr. Kazi. What is uh, Dr. Kazi? What's your shirt say? Oh, uh, morning grump. All right. <laughs> you're so lucky you're wearing the shirt. Yeah. All righty. Okay, uh, we have quite a few people in. People will still be strolling in, but we should get started. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet. May peace be upon him. All right, so <clears throat> people are still joining us, but I wanted to, to welcome all of you to, to, to this Quran class. Those of you who have taken my classes know that my style tends to be very, very unorthodox. Content is often somewhat orthodox, but style tends to be very, very unorthodox. And then, uh, and then uh, I do request in your capacity to try to take notes as we go through the material. Uh, I'm not going to be testing you. And when I spoke about assignments, the assignments are actually going to be very, very light. And we may not even have an assignment for today. The assignments are actually always going to be very small, but it was to weed out people and to scare people away. And, and, and so, more people coming in. So, so the, the goal overall is to develop a foundation of the understanding of the Quranic worldview. And to do that, we are primarily going to use the Quran itself. And this is sort of a tafsir-like course. It's going to sound and feel like tafsir, but uh, those of you who've taken my classes know that my style is very, uh, very, very interactive. And, and I won't be referencing tafsirs left and right. I'm not going to say tafsir ibn Kathir says this and Qurtubi says that. No, it's, we're going to go straight into exploration of meanings and such. And through that process, we're going to derive uh, an understanding of the foundations of, of Islamic thought and practice. And to put this also into perspective, uh, also I should let you guys know that we have people of all sorts of background here uh, across the uh, Islamic universe uh, in terms of sectarian outlooks, as well as we have teachers of Islamic studies here. We have somewhat new converts. We have uh, everybody here. So everybody here is, is, is welcome, mashallah. So, so first initial point to consider is, is framing uh, the, the whole universe of, of Islamic thought and, and practice that here. Uh, uh, when I put up this chat window, can you all see this? Do you see this chat window? Yes. Yeah, you can? Okay. Okay. And if you have trouble seeing the chat window at the bottom of the screen, there should be a, a button that says chat. Okay, good. Yeah, a lot of people are saying yes, 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 yes. Okay, good. Good, inshallah. So first to, to, to place, to get a sense of the theoretical construction of how, how Islamic thought works, and then tracing that back to Quran in its core, uh, you have all the various Islamic sciences. Okay. And they trace themselves back to the Quran and Prophet, 
these be upon him. And I'm being very, very, very simplistic here. I'm talking about, uh, you know, a thousand and a half years of, of Islamic development. But all the various Islamic sciences, whether we're talking about, about uh, Quranic studies, Hadith, Islamic law, the way the Sufis, whether they're talking about philosophy, history, etc., all of them trace themselves back to, in some way, shape, or form, back to the Quran and the Prophet, peace be upon him. Of course, there's going to be social matters, because there's going to be contextual matters, but think of all of them as radiating from the Quran and the Prophet, peace be upon him. And then, to make that point further, the Quran and the Prophet, peace be upon him, trace themselves back to commonly they will trace themselves back to surahs 2 and 3 of the Quran. Okay. And then they trace themselves back to Al-Fatiha, which is the first surah of the Quran. Okay. And then Al-Fatiha traces itself back to the very first line, which we call the Basmallah, which is Bismillah Rahman Rahim. So the Islamic sciences trace themselves back to the Quran and the Prophet, peace be upon him. The Quran and the Prophet, peace be upon him, trace themselves back, especially in terms of content, uh, uh, to Surahs 2 and 3. Surahs 2 and 3 trace themselves back to Al-Fatiha, and then Al-Fatiha traces itself back to the first line, which is Bismillah Rahman Rahim. Okay. And then, this is a statement attributed to Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, he traces the Bismillah, the Basmallah, back to the Ba at the beginning. Okay. And so what am I saying here? If we look at this in reverse order, which is actually the, uh, the uh, moving forward, the more I understand the B of Bismillah, the more I understand the Ba of Bismillah, the more I understand of the essence of Bismillah Rahman Rahim, of the first line of the Quran. Okay, So the Ba is giving me the foundations of the Basmallah. Basmallah is again the term we give for Bismillah Rahman Rahim, the first line of the Quran. And the more thoroughly I understand the Basmallah, the more I understand the essence of Al-Fatiha. And the more thoroughly I understand the essence of Al-Fatiha, the more I actually understand the essence of, of, the, of Surah 2 and 3, and then essentially the whole rest of the Quran. More I understand the whole uh, the whole rest of of the Prophet in the Quran, or I understand the essence of the Prophet in the Quran, the more I understand Al Fatiha, and then the more I understand of of the Quran and the Prophet peace be upon him, the more I understand the Islamic sciences. Okay. So does that make sense? Think of this as something radiating outward. It starts with the B, the B of Bismillah, and then it goes to Bismillah Rahman Rahim, which then goes to Al Fatiha which then goes to the, the rest of the Quran and the Prophet, peace be upon him, which then gives me uh, uh, the essence of how the Islamic sciences in theory operate. The Islamic sciences then get all kinds of complicated and everything else, and then we have all types of other issues like social context and stuff like that. But the core we're saying is that all traces back to Al-Fatiha, which traces itself back to Bismillah Rahman Rahim, which traces itself back to the B. Okay. So that's the first big point to, to consider in terms of just how all this stuff in theory is, is structured. Now, <clears throat> when we look at the, the, the meaning and translation uh, of, of Bismillah Rahman Rahim, we have when, with, or in the name of Allah. Okay. With or in the name of Allah. Now, what is B, this, this, this simple preposition? It is connection. Okay. And one of the fundamental essences of the entire Islamic tradition is this idea of connection. 
And if you think about it in practice, we have those things that are considered mandatory practices or prescribed practices. We have those things that are considered to be uh, uh, sins or, or prohibitions. Think about what is, the, so in theory, we're saying that something is fard is an obligation because God says so. Something is prohibited is haram because because God says so. But then we would intuit from there that something is, uh, is an obligation because it is beneficial for us, but it is also strengthening a, uh, uh, a connection. So if I'm making my daily prayers, that is strengthening my connection with the divine. If, I am, uh, if I'm speaking truth to you, I am, I am solidifying my relationship with you. On the flip side, when we speak of sin, if I'm lying to you, that I'm straining or breaking my relationship with you. Yeah. If I betray your trust, I'm straining or breaking my relationship with you. Yeah. So think of this idea of connection as being central, running throughout the entire entire tradition. Even a word we're going to be visiting, not today, but later on, deen, which we commonly translate as religion itself, is, a, is more accurately what? It's interaction. It's a system of, of interaction. And so what we're saying is that the very, very essence of, of, of the entire Islamic framework is relationships. With emphasis on strengthening relationships and, and uh, emphasis against breaking or, breaking or weakening relationships. Oh, by the way, feel free um, to... to um, Okay, interaction with guard leader, sure. So feel free to also raise questions, and also even if you uh, if you'd like um, disagreements or pushback or, or, or anything. Um, those of you who are my undergrads already know that, you know, that's what we do all day long. Okay, so so that's the first point to think about. Now the question to think about from there is that if I wanted to then develop a relationship with God, how do I begin? Anybody, either you can unmute yourself or type in the chat box. How would you answer that question? If someone comes along to you, you know, they walk up to you, and of course they're going to keep six feet away from you at this moment, but they ask you, how, uh, I want to develop a relationship with, with, with God. How do I do that? What would you tell them is the first step that they should do? Anyone? Probably just um, you have to say that, you know, there's only one God. Okay. And Muhammad is his messenger. That's okay, it. peace be upon him. Commit, right. him, commit okay. yourself to that. Okay. Anyone else? How about a couple more answers of any sort at all? Who wants to guess? Who wants to venture it out? Okay, Jay Abdullah says, get to know oneself. Nashin Akhtar says, intentions. Adi says, pray. Malahat says, search him. Jay Abdullah says, jewel. I don't know what that means. Okay, uh, Tia Annie says, uh, interaction with the self. Malahat is on a roll with all kinds of other answers. Okay, so we have all kinds of things. Um, what do you mean by God? Serve others, Maybe. have faith in Allah. Where's his voice? Maria? Oh, Islamic. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe just, um, I forgot what I was going to say. I had a point. <laughs> but but just uh, acknowledging that there's something greater than you that, that is out there that created this universe. Okay, yeah. And of course, Kidder, who's already taken this class multiple times with me, he already has as the correct answer. If we look at Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, so all your answers were actually correct, right? You know, the acknowledgement of something greater, um, uh, knowing the whole Shahada, all these other things. And, and so a very simple first step is right there in Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Yeah, with in the name of Allah. The first thing to do is to get to know who is God by way of his attributes. Hey, Nasser, I like your background there. I don't know if you guys can all see Nasser's space background, but anyway. So the first step is right there in the very, very first, oh, mashallah, Basit's child is there, is, is by way of getting to know his names or attributes. And the first name or attribute is Allah itself. And there are two common theories about the etymology of the name Allah. So one theory is that the name Allah has always been around, at least as long as the, name, as the Arabic language has been around. 
The other theory, the other common theory, is that it is a contraction of al-ilah. Okay. So now we're going to define what is al-ilah. So all of you are familiar with this word ilah because we, we, you know, we say la ilaha illallah, la ilaha, la ilaha illallah, and so ilah is right there. So we commonly translate ilah as you know, as God, lowercase g. Okay. So I'm going to give you something a little bit more in terms of, into the etymology of, of the word itself. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of definitions. Those of you who've taken the classes with me academically, you've seen this. Uh, Matt should already have this memorized because you've already gone through this with me at least twice. So, so whatever it is you rely upon above all else to take you from danger into safety is what you rely upon as an ilah. Good. So whatever you're relying upon above all else to keep you out of danger, to take you into safety, is what you take as an ilah. So for example, uh, the example I often give is suppose, suppose I'm going I'm camping. And uh, let's say camping, you take a tent, you might take a knife, you'll take food, you'll take a flashlight, bug spray, uh, maybe even take your cell phone, and suppose you wake up one morning, there's a huge rainstorm, everything is gone. Okay. Then what do you rely upon? You will uh, perhaps use your instincts and whatever you know of nature, maybe look at where the sun is to try to figure out where to go, but let's say that doesn't help you either. Then what happens? Do you fall into despair, or there you will discover what you take as your ilah. Above all else, or beneath all else, whatever it is you take from, uh, rely upon to take you from danger to safety. So let's say you lose everything, and now you're just in desperation, hoping in luck, or and or perhaps praying to God. That's where you start to discover what you take as an ilah. Another is whatever it is you rely upon to take you from despair into hope is what you take as an ilah. So as we know in our society, something that people take very, very commonly as an ilah is something like alcohol, right? To take me out of despair, that may not bring me into hope, it may lower my inhibitions, but it isn't quite going to uh, bring me into hope. Uh, but that is uh, part of the process. Meaning if I reach the point of what we would call addiction good, with alcohol, then I might be turning to alcohol for everything. Okay, I feel some stress. I'm going to turn away. I'm going to turn to, to the bottle. Or uh, I'm in despair. I turn to the bottle. Or uh, I'm bored. I turn to the bottle. Yeah. And so whatever it is I turn to, to take me out of despair, above all else is what I take as an ilah. Or another definition is whatever it is I rely upon to take me from confusion into clarity is what I take as an ilah. This becomes especially relevant in our era where we are getting bombarded with all kinds of stories regarding treatment uh, for, for the, the, the virus. And a lot of that is fake news. A lot of that is rumor. A lot of it is speculation. And so to some degree, I might rely upon my intellect to sift through all that. But even that may not be enough. Now, is prayer going to be saving me from the virus? Uh, you know, our, our general consensus is no, prayer is not going to be enough. But the point is that what is it that I'm relying upon in general for clarity, uh, especially uh, when you're getting bombarded with things, sometimes the step of what you need to do for clarity is just to get off of, of social media and such. But let's say then I have anxiety that's overtaking me. Some anxiety is physiological. That is beyond the realm of what we're speaking about here. That gets into the realm of medication. Some anxiety is a mental health thing, and some anxiety is a spiritual condition. Good. Whatever it is I rely upon to take me uh, out of discomfort into comfort, above all else, is what I take as an ilah. So think of the way... Those of you who can see Basit with his little baby, the way baby relies upon a father, especially mother, is, is akin to all of us in terms of what we are seeking uh, for comfort. So what do I, whatever it is I rely upon above all else for comfort is what I take as an, uh, uh, as an ilah. 
the most common definition, of course, is what do I worship? And so worship, we would usually, or how about uh, all of you, someone give us some definitions of the word worship. What does it mean to worship something? Anyone? Again, you can unmute yourself or, uh, uh, so Hazel says to devote yourself. Mariam says dedicate your life. Addie says the highest form of love. Addie's taking uh, this uh, uh, class with me. Malahat says reliance. Umar Hussein says submit yourself. Yeah, all these, all these again are correct. Maha says to humble yourself. Hannah is unconditional acceptance. Okay, very, very good. All these are good. So the word in Arabic for worship is ibadah. And ibadah, which and Saitazi says submission. Again, that is also correct. Ibadah, when we get again into the etymology, means to give your most extreme love. This is ibadah. This is worship. So whatever I take as an ilah is to whomever or whatever I give my most extreme love to. Okay. And to put that into perspective, think of uh, a hierarchy. So we have love, and then deeper than love, we have something like awe or, or even potentially like an obsession type thing. And then deeper than that, we have worship. Oops, sorry, I sent that. Uh, I'm supposed to go to everyone. Love, awe, worship. The word we commonly translate here as love would be hub, if you want to note this. Awe uh, and some sort of obsessive type awe would be like ishq, and then worship would be ibadah, uh, but you don't need to, to, to note that down. So what's involved with love? When you love someone, when you love your beloved, you, you care about them, you may try to take care of them, you long to be in their company, you hope they love you back, you fear they won't love you back. All of these things are part of love. You may sacrifice for them, you, uh, you I mean, all these things, uh, when you think about them, it makes you happy, all of that. Awe is going deeper. Awe, you are now putting your beloved on a pedestal. Okay. And all you can imagine is perfection. You cannot imagine that they have any imperfection. Okay. That is part of, of something much deeper. And then deeper than that would be worship. Worship would be complete, voluntary, loving surrender. Good. So worship, so ilah equals the one you worship, and worship equals to give or complete, voluntary, loving surrender. Your most extreme love. Good. So now what else are we saying? In this framework, we're saying everyone worships something. Okay. So I may self-identify as an atheist and I may say that there's no God, or I may even be an anti-theist, you know, being against the notion of God. But if I were to look at my conduct, if I were to look at my outlook, I will still be surrendering to something. Okay. And then taking a step further, uh, I might claim to myself, for example, that I'm Muslim and I only worship God. But if we actually look at my conduct and if we actually look at my outlook and behavior and such, we'll see that I worship something other than, than God. Okay. So, so the point here, again, is that everybody takes something as an ilah, maybe even multiple things. Everybody worships something. Everybody surrenders to something. So then going back to Bismillah, we're saying the first step for me to develop a relationship with God. Okay, so nowadays we're worshiping COVID. Uh, Malahat, this is only for, for this is, uh, this is not for any social, uh, this is only for uh, event. Anyway, I'm teasing Malahat because he runs a bunch of, of WhatsApp groups. 
And anyway, so so we're saying with this Allah, uh, in my goal to develop a relationship with Allah, my first step is to get to know who is Allah. And we've now looked at this name, Allah. Uh, and one belief of the name of Allah is that it's a contraction of Al-Ilah. Okay. And then we gave some definitions of what that means. Now from there, we have two more names of Allah. We have Ar-Rahman and we have Ar-Rahim. And so <clears throat> what is the, the, the common element in both of these? It's this idea of Rahma. Okay. Now Rahma, we often translate as mercy, but mercy is half of it. The other half of Rahma is intimacy. So let's try to make sense of this. If we go through all the different attributes of Allah in the Quran, in the Hadith literature, the most, uh, the most, no, I should say, one of the most common attributes of God is Rahma. Okay. That a primary relationship uh, that Allah has with creation is Rahma. And then if we look at the purpose of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, he is the embodiment of Rahmah for all of creation. Right? This is in Surah 21 that you know, we did not send to you except as a Rahmah for all the worlds. And then a primary relationship that we're supposed to have with each other is also Rahmah. So what is Rahmah? Half of Rahmah is mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is to make people's lives easier. Okay, can you all hear me again? Uh, nod your head that you can hear me or something. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, okay, very good. Okay, so so sorry, um, internet issues. So, <clears throat> so we were saying that uh, uh, mercy, so we have uh, Rahma, uh, uh, half of it uh, is mercy. And what is mercy? Mercy is basically to make people's lives easier. And then the other half we said is intimacy. Where does the intimacy happen? That when I am receiving rahma, how do I respond to the rahma? If someone is giving me ease, how do I respond? How would you answer that question? Anybody? So someone does your favor, makes your life easier. What is uh, a natural response to that? Reciprocate? Gratitude? Yeah. Gratitude would be the key point that I'm looking at here. That if Allah is giving me mercy, and I'm recognizing that Allah is giving me mercy, then my response becomes gratitude. And that is the development of intimacy between me and Allah. Good. That the Prophet, peace be upon him, as the embodiment of mercy, as the embodiment of rahmah, that as I appreciate him or as I appreciate his creation, I respond at the very least with gratitude. And that creates intimacy. Okay. And then by extension, person to person, that our default disposition with people, our default interaction with people should be one of rahma, meaning making people's lives easier. And then the response of it becomes uh, uh, gratitude, which then creates intimacy. So Sayyid Qazi is saying, so is the lack of recognition of mercy ground for lack of gratitude? Yeah, exactly. So the word for gratitude, the common word for gratitude is shukr. And so of the many words for ingratitude, it becomes kufr. So at one level, and this is a point we're going to be revisiting, that when I reject the mercy of God, either by stating that I am not receiving any, then by definition, that is a type of kufr. That is rejection. Uh, uh, Dr. Kazi, I don't understand uh, your question. Is it also its justification? What does that mean? Uh, I'm going to unmute you and see if you can 
Okay, uh, what does that mean? So, you, you, you're implying that mercy, by its, uh, by its very nature, has to be recognized, has to be felt. There's no way you cannot not feel mercy or not recognize that you've been uh, had mercy on. Okay, uh, is that your question or are you uh, asking, is that what I was saying? That is an implication uh, in your statement. So I would say that is the goal. Uh, are we ever going to completely recognize all the mercy of God? No. Right. So let's take, are we able to, then the, the corollary is, are we also capable of totally not recognizing mercy of Allah? Um, I think we are totally capable of rejecting it. Uh, yeah, but what, rejecting is an, action, is an, is an active action. Uh, what is it, an active action? Uh, mercy is? No, uh, rejection. Okay, yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. The rejection means that you have a, an apprehension of that you've received something. Yeah. You have uh, total cognizance, or at least some cognizance that you receive something. Mm. What if there's a total lack of cognizance and total lack of apprehension? Oh, so like a zero state. So, yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. yeah I mean, I think that's absolutely possible. Right. So then it cannot be kufr. No, that would not be kufr. That's not ingratitude either. You know? Yeah, but at the same time, lack of apprehension of total lack of apprehension of mercy cannot be called mercy either. Lack of apprehension of mercy cannot be called mercy, or lack of apprehension cannot be called. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, for for what I'm saying is that for mercy of Allah, it has to have an obligatory component to it on the uh, on on the on the creature like you and me, that we have to apprehend it and that okay. we have to feel it. Okay. So if that is not, uh, if that uh, obligate, obligatory part or compulsion part of making the mercy be felt is absent, then can you really call it, uh, at that point, does it become mercy? <laughs> um, uh, at this point, uh, I don't know that I totally understand your question, but... Uh, what I'm saying is that, you know, for mercy to be there, it has to be felt. You okay, cannot so, not feel it. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Um, I don't know if I agree with that part. You know, that, um, uh, you know, so for example, the fact of the, uh, you know, the stability of the earth, if we call that uh, an act of mercy, okay? Am uh -huh. I feeling it? I'm experiencing it, but am I feeling it? I mean, it's the same. That's what I'm saying. It, there has to be some obligatory part of uh, of apprehension and of uh, recognition and of acceptance of okay. recognition. Okay. Um, let me let me think about it more uh, offline. You and I can, we'll discuss yeah, more, yeah. and then I'll, then I'll come back to the class. Uh, Abdullah's question is is another way to ask the question, what about the people who, who look at the world and are unable to recognize the presence of mercy, uh, of divine mercy in the world? Uh, uh, it, could be, it could be related to, to what Dr. Ghazi is saying. Um, but So let's put all this together. Uh, what are we saying related to even Dr. Ghazi's question? Imagine a spectrum. Okay. Uh, at the positive end is increased gratitude. Okay. At the negative end is increased ingratitude. Okay. At the zero point is no gratitude, but also no rejection. Okay. So then at the positive end, increased gratitude is increased shukr. Okay. At the negative end is increased kufr, is increased rejection. Okay. Does that make sense to, uh, to everyone as, as a framing? You know, and if you don't understand, just, just, uh, okay. So Maha saying, I don't understand how ingratitude is kufr. So I'm not saying kufr is, is rejection of, uh, I'm not saying kufr is non-belief. I'm saying when you pair the two together, okay, uh, um, you have shukr and kufr. Another pairing would be kufr and iman. Okay. That's a different pairing. So iman and kufr would be belief and rejection of belief. But then there's also in the realm of gratitude, there is gratitude and the rejection of gratitude. Okay. Uh, Maha, does that help you make sense? 
Okay. Okay. Well, let's uh, uh, take a look at Surah 31, Ayah, Ayah 12 and 13. And, and there's a little bit of mention of it there. And, and we can discuss more if, it's, if it still doesn't make sense, inshallah. Okay. So, oh, by the way, we're, we're never going to go the full hour. Um, we're probably going to go, uh, give or take, 35 to, to 50 minutes, give or take around there. Um, so we're already at 35 minutes. So, so to sum up, we have now looked at uh, a, a root of ar-Rahman and ar-Rahim, that being Rahma. And we said that there's two parts of Rahma. There's mercy and then there's intimacy. And the intimacy forms with gratitude. And thus, one of the another of the essences throughout the entire text of the Quran is this idea of gratitude. Uh, we may or may not get to it, but for example, in Surah Surah Two, we have this long narrative of the children of Israel, and it's this whole narrative of the decline of the children of Israel. But what is the recurring theme? It's lack of gratitude that they've been given everything in the world, but then they respond with ingratitude. Okay, and that eventually leads to their, their denial, so forth and so on. Uh, Ahant is asking what were the verses that I mentioned. Um, uh, let's see, regarding, one second. Regarding Shukr uh, versus Kufar, Surah Luqman 31, 12 through 13. It's, I mean, it touches on it very, very briefly. But a point I'm making is, is think about this uh, theoretically as, as, a, as a pairing. Okay. So now let's get just a little bit deeper into, into Rahman and Rahim, and then we'll, we'll uh, call it a day, inshallah. So Rahman, <coughs> that form, uh, would more or less literally translate as the highest in Rahman. Rahim, that form would translate as the eternal in Rahman. I mean, there, there's other variants too, but these are the common. Rahman is the highest, and then Rahim is the eternal. Okay. Now, uh, commentators say that when you have the two together, Ar-Rahman and Ar-Rahim paired together, a way to help understand it is that the metaphor of Rahman is like rain, and the metaphor of Rahim is like a mother's love for her child. So Rahman is sort of like rain, and Rahim is sort of like a mother's love for her child. And what does that mean? That Rahman being like rain, there's an aspect of God's mercy that is there for everybody. Okay. Uh, believer, non-believer, saint, tyrant, there's an aspect of God's mercy that, that falls on everybody. Yeah. I could be the most devout believer. I could be the, the worst, uh, the worst uh, most horrible rejecter of, of faith and humanity, and yet there is an aspect of God's mercy that I am receiving. That is Rahman. And then Rahim is, is particular. We said it's like a mother's love for her child. And what's taking place here, imagine you have a child or you have a mother and a child, her own child. And let's say she's also taking care of four other children. And so she loves all these four, these five children thoroughly. Okay. So uh, uh, Rashidi, I'll respond to, to your point in a bit, Chill. So... So she's taking care of all of these, these five children thoroughly and loves them thoroughly, but she's not going to love the other four the way she loves her own child. Okay. And so what we're saying at one level that Allah, we said with Rahman, has mercy for everyone, general. And then particular, he has a unique relationship of Rahma with each and every person. That Allah has a unique relationship of mercy with me, a unique relationship of mercy with Basit, with 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 Maria, with Hannah, with Maha, with Abdullah. That's different than than everyone else. Okay. And then commentators will take this a step further that Allah has a unique relationship of mercy with believers versus non-believers. I haven't defined what non-believers are. That we'll get into into the next surah. Okay. 
that. Or with the level of your belief, that the closer your belief is with the divine, you will also have a more unique relationship of Rahmah with Allah. So again, general and particular. Highest as well as eternal. Okay. Now, summing up, uh, let's see. Um, okay, so does that mean that him as Rahman is not eternal? No. Uh, so the question I received is, uh, if I'm saying that Rahman is highest, does that mean it's not eternal? I'm just saying that's at any possible moment, uh, Allah is the highest in Rahman. That's what we're saying by Rahman. Okay. Uh, those of you who are sending me questions privately, feel free to send them uh, to, to, to the whole group because uh, I think these are questions that other people would also share. So, <clears throat> putting this together, we have Bismillah, Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim. We said that this is essentially layer two. Layer one is the B, which is connection, and then connection with Allah. Connection with Allah as Allah, the object of worship, and then primarily is this relationship of mercy. If I understand that, I understand the essence of Al-Fatiha, which then is giving me an essence of the entire Quran and the entire tradition. Which means what? If we were to sum it all up, we're saying that the, the Quranic process is a process of getting closer to Allah by way of appreciation of his mercy. Okay. That sums up Islam conceptually. Okay, Professor uh, Rashid is saying, Professor Omar, the opposite uh, of, of shukr, uh, uh, denial is, I'm not sure if this will replace Kufr in the top you're talking about. Okay, I'm in the language of the Quran, uh, um, uh, uh, we're not linguistically, but I'm saying conceptually. Here, in fact, let's just make it easy. All of us, let's go to Surah 31 if you have a, 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 a translation uh, or a Mus'haf in front of you. And let's go to uh, Surah 31, which is Luqman. And in Surah 31, yeah, oh, even nicer. Okay. <laughs> so just a little bit of background on, on Luqman himself. Uh, there's two theories on, on who Luqman was. Uh, one is that he was this person long before the Prophet, peace be upon him, who had no access to believers, no access to scripture, no access to anything related to belief. And he intuitively figured out almost the entirety of belief. If you look at Ayahs 12 through 19, uh, which you can do separately, you'll see all kinds of things that Luqman has figured out as illustrated in a conversation he has on his deathbed with his son. This is the beginning of that. The other theory is Luqman had interaction with many, many prophets over the course of his life, uh, peace be upon them. Uh, but also what is uh, known or attributed to Luqman is many, many wisdom sayings, many hikmas, uh, uh, attributed to him. Um, and so so here, Ayah 12, it says, and we certainly gave Luqman wisdom. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm having an issue with scrolling here. Uh, to be, and, and where did the wisdom lead him to? To be grateful to Allah. And then the Ayah says, whoever is grateful to Allah is grateful to the benefit of his own self and whoever denies, and there the word is kufr, okay, then indeed Allah is free of need and praiseworthy. And so the point we're saying here is that a pairing we find in, in the Quranic outlook very frequently is literally shukr versus kufr. Okay. Shukr being gratitude. Kufr is rejection of faith, but it manifests, or what is it essentially? It's ingratitude. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this, inshallah, when we get into shukr itself, or kufr itself. Uh, so Luqman, uh, by definition, he would be Muslim, but whatever it is called at the time, because he's pre-Muhammad, peace be upon him, and such. And so, yeah, Muslim, by definition, is one who submits, who submits uh, their will to Allah and such. Okay, having said that, I'm scrolling through, looking to see if there's any other questions that I may have missed. Anybody, uh, uh, we'll, we'll stop here. Anybody have any questions about anything else or any of the material that we covered? So the first point was just an overall view of how does everything fit together in terms of the Islamic sciences, uh, the Quran, the Prophet, peace be him, Al-Fatiha, Bismillah, Rahman, Rahim, and the B. And then we looked at these different components. 
of Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Next time, inshallah, we'll take a step further into, into uh, Al-Fatiha. Uh, anyone have any questions? Nothing, nothing, nothing. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll, so Bismillah uh, provide ideation or an action-oriented uh, uh, approach. The answer to your question, Malahat, is both. Going to have to take some time to digest this, inshallah. Okay. Um, say what you said about Quranic process. Uh, can I ask you to expand on that uh, that um, question? Maha, um, Kibria, uh, uh, these these uh, these are actually being recorded, the sessions. But I'm not going to forward them to anyone um, uh, uh, because all of you are here. So I literally need like all of your permissions to to let me uh, record. So thus, I'm not sharing them. I gotta have to figure out how to give access to people who, uh, but essentially what I'm saying is those of you who will be missing classes, inshallah, that's fine. Tentatively, we're gonna be daily, but I mean, we're speaking of all kinds of people with, with families and such and everything else going on. So if you miss a class, you know, periodically or even regularly, that's fine, inshallah. Um, um, but- um, You can do audio, you can send audios too if you want. Oh, that's actually a really good idea. Okay, so yeah. uh, I'll it's probably- Okay, so Gabriel, uh, I'll probably need your help to figure out how to give access to the audio gotcha. to, to, to people. Um, so you still have access to that material. Right now, like I said, it's tentatively daily, but, uh, um, but most likely it won't be. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are going to start drifting out of the class anyway, uh, but it's tentatively daily going all the way up till, um, till Ramadan. Uh, Malahat should probably focus on his WhatsApp groups that, rather than cracking jokes. Uh, but anyone else have any any um, other questions about anything? No. Shukran and hamd, we will get to tomorrow, inshallah. No, sir. No. Okay, uh, then we will stop right here uh, and we'll end with dua. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika, nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika, nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Subhanakallahumma, glory to you, O Allah, wa bihamdika, praise and gratitude to you. Nashhadu wa la ilaha illa anta, we bear witness there is no God but you. Nastaghfiruka, we seek your forgiveness. Wa natubu ilayk, and we turn to you. Wa akhir da'wana, and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. May Allah bless you all, and may Allah keep all of us virus-free. As well as our loved ones, and let's get through this, inshallah, as best and safely as we can. All right, assalamu alaikum, everybody. If you want to stay online, I can show you. Okay, Thanks, right. Okay, um, all of you then, uh, I'll leave it up to you to knock yourself out of the meetings. All right, just clearing out. You too, Dr. Kazi. You're not. You're not. Hey, give me a while on time. Why are you always late, man? Always late for everything. All of your life. So I got married late too. You're right. Yeah, you got. Uh, that's fine. I mean, it's not his fault. Bangladesh got independence how many years late? <laughs> wow, this is still getting recorded. Just so no, you know, there's still people on the on the on the on the call. Yeah. Yeah, and that that that's a Loyola University Zoom, so it's gonna be audited someday. <laughs> You're in a big trouble. Yeah, it's been a long time like since I picked like up my big on on Kibria, so you know. <laughs> how you doing, Kibria? Alhamdulillah, how are you, son? Good, good. So nice to see you. Absolutely, so, you too. Keep safe. Okay, Alhamdulillah. Okay. Um. Well, right, yeah. uh, uh, could be a hold on for a second. The point sure, I was yeah. talking to Omar is, uh, yeah, if you say you know, the opposite of uh, uh, sugar is kufr, mm-hmm. you're implying, well, let's go with kufr. Kufr basically is an, is an active act of, is an active uh, uh, yes. where you are rejecting. Yes. Which means, it, by implication, it means there is a, an element of uh, acceptance or recognition as well yeah okay so uh, that hey, Dr. Kazi, remember zishan zishan is here too um, from the northwestern class oh i haven't seen uh i didn't recognize him so yeah. one time 
but so that's what I was so, so that's what I was meaning that um, it brings the question that then uh, that the act of mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have to have an, uh, an element of jabber in it so as to uh, the recipient of the of the mercy mm-hmm. uh, to have a recognition and, the re- and so that the recipient has no choice in the matter of recognition he is aware he is uh, he is cognizant that he's receiving mercy and and he chooses then to be not thankful for it so there has to be an action uh, an element of jabber and uh, uh, compulsion in the act of mercy itself yeah, without that it doesn't work Um, I, th- yeah, I think I agree with you, uh, at a certain level. Mm-hmm. So, so meaning at this moment, um, uh, let's say I recognize 10 mercies that I'm receiving. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I don't think that negates, you know, the, you know, another thousand or million mercies that I'm receiving, but the 10 that I'm feeling, uh-huh. Um, it would be, uh, if I reject it, it would be an act of kufr of yes. those, but not yes. the other ones. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say, let's say, for example, all the planets of the solar system have to be there for, you know, something we discover in terms of the stability of the, of the earth. Okay, uh-huh. But that's something I don't, oh, don't know. Or some galaxy that's, you know, a hundred uh-huh. billion light years away. There has um, been an element of, uh, acceptance. For example, uh, like Bani Israel. They knew they were getting this thing. It's yeah. just that uh, the, they they wanted uh, you know uh, something else in addition. Yeah, I'm cautious, however, to say that that's not mercy. Then, okay. Um, so like, uh, maybe you want to stop the recording from your end. Okay. And in sixty seconds. I'm going to get rid of most people, FYI, so I can show you the content behind.